BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi there, you're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is episode 341, the real reason it's hard to get stuff done. We are in a season where there is a lot going on. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how to make the rest of 2023 easier, and I hope you're feeling a little more settled ever since listening to that episode. If you missed it, give it a listen. Which actually reminds me, we have an email that goes out every other Friday called The Latest Lazy Listens, and it is a short but mighty recap of the episodes from the previous two weeks. It is fantastically designed, thanks to our director of content, Leah Jarvis, and it includes the Lazy Genius of the Week, a summary of each episode, including step-by-step lists, if there are any, and extra links in case you need a little extra support. I also include a very short but personal essay at the start to help us walk through what we've been learning from those episodes. Episodes. I learn from the episodes too, even though I write them. So if you would like to get that email to help you catch up on episodes that you missed or to have notes for episodes ready to go, you can sign up for that at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash listens. So we have tried to make the rest of 2023 easier, but even when we have a better understanding of what's going on, it can still be hard to get stuff done. When the rubber meets the road, it's common to feel like we're stalling out. We do have an episode that could help with that, specifically episode 238, how to get stuff done when you don't feel like it. But today's episode is a slightly different take than that one. How to get stuff done when you don't feel like it is like memorizing a sentence. Today's episode is like learning a language. I wanna share some broader perspectives on getting your stuff done so that you can orient yourself better in your daily life. And of course, there are some practical tips in here too. So have no fear on that. All right, let's jump in. You likely have a lot to do. You know, you got a lot on your to-do list right now. Some things are normal and some things are new. The normal things might fill most of your time. And the new things, the unusual things, they are fighting for your attention. Some to-do list items that are unusual or out of the ordinary, they are really important actually, and yet you still cannot seem to make time for them. You can't figure it out. Maybe you're applying to grad school, but you have like a million other regular life things going on. You know, how do you add this new thing? Or maybe you're looking at all the holiday-related tasks and you legit have no idea what to do. Okay, I will say the two episodes I already mentioned, how to make the rest of 2023 easier and how to get stuff done when you don't feel like it, are practical approaches to literally how to get the thing done. 
But today, let's get into the language of this and to why it's actually hard. And I think this metaphor that I'm about to share with you is something that you're going to take with you for a long time. So I hope it helps. So imagine that you are going grocery shopping. You do it all the time. You know, you have your regular stores. You mostly know where everything is. And while it might not be your favorite thing to do, you can pretty much get it done without thinking too hard. In fact, if your list only contains items that you always get, you can almost shop on autopilot. You know where things are. You've done this before. It's a bit of a drag, but here we are, you know? Now, imagine you have a list full of items that are not usually on your shopping list. This Thursday is Thanksgiving Day in the U.S., and maybe you're getting things that you only buy once a year, you know? Now, what happens when you're shopping? You're a competent, capable person, but you're also moving a little more slowly. You're craning your neck to see the aisle descriptors. You're trying to figure out where to go to find what you need. You do eventually find everything, but it's not on autopilot, not at all. It takes a little bit of intention because you have new things on your list. Okay, the final thing to imagine. Imagine you are either on vacation or you're on the other side of town and you go to a store that you usually go to, but you walk into a particular location, a new, a different location, and everything is in reverse. Has this ever happened to you? In Greensboro, where I live, we have three Targets and I have, you know, my one that I always go to. Now, there is a second location that is sometimes easier to get to on a certain side of town if, you know, if I'm over that way. And I'll go in there and it is the mirror version of my location and it is the weirdest thing. I mean, I know where everything is, but suddenly I have no idea where everything is. Or maybe you go to your regular store and they have changed the layout and shelves are in new places and suddenly the cereal is in a new cubby back by the refrigerated section and it throws off your whole game. Those three grocery shopping scenarios happen in our to-do lists. So let's unpack them. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy, and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps, and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true 
true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash genius today. I found Olive in June in 2020 when we were all looking for new hobbies and things to do. Well, now almost four years later, doing my nails at home with my daughter, Annie, and Olive in June's Manny system is still one of the things I look forward to every week. Olive in June makes it easy to get a salon-worthy manicure from the comfort of your home. The Manny system has everything you need in one box, salon-grade tools designed just for DIY, and your choice of six polish colors. And y'all, the colors they make are stunning. Annie and I just tried out their new colors for Valentine's day i'm wearing love note a sparkly nude that matches my skin tone and annie is wearing bouquet a shimmery pink that matches her personality plus olive and june's polish is chip resistant and lasts for seven days visit oliveandjune.com slash lazy genius for 20 percent off your first manny system that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e.com slash l-a-z-y-g-e-n-i-u-s for 20 percent off your first manny system This episode is sponsored by Ritual. The days are getting longer, but it's still tough to get the recommended vitamin D from sunshine alone, not to mention the risks we take with sun exposure. That's why I love that my multivitamin is helping me out. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus, that's the one I take, was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. And for someone like me who likes to move but has glass knees, I'll take all the extra support from my multivitamin I can get. Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, flute and major allergen free, and gentle on an empty stomach. Plus, each bottle has a minty essence that makes taking them actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash lazy genius. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash lazy genius for 20% off. The first grocery shopping scenario we are shopping somewhere familiar. We're getting stuff we always get, right? That is living in your life's ordinary rhythms or cycles. We did an episode about that a few weeks ago, episode 334, how to create a relaxing home routine. Much of our life, food, laundry, home stuff, work, it's kind of already in a cycle, right? It's not necessarily our favorite thing to keep those cycles going, But they don't take as much effort because we know where we are. You know, we know where everything is. We know how to do this. And even if something is like a little bit off, we see how to fix it. We adjust a little bit and we keep the cycle going. Okay. So that's like grocery shopping for the same sorts of things in a store you're familiar with. The second scenario, shopping for things that you always need alongside things that you don't usually need is like having your regular life cycles moving And there are some unusual, singular, out of the ordinary things that you have to take care of. In fact, most of us live here. This is where we pretty much stay. Maybe your list of unusual things is fairly short and therefore a little easier to integrate into your regular shopping list, you know, or your regular rhythms of life. 
that sometimes your to-do list, metaphorically your grocery list, is bloated with new stuff. Like this week, my actual grocery shopping list is wackadoodle because I'm hosting Thanksgiving and I have to get a ton of stuff I don't usually get. So when life has regular items and these kind of singular out of the ordinary items, it requires a different mental energy from you to get everything done, right? Doesn't that actually make a lot of sense? And then the third scenario where you have your list, your grocery, your metaphorical grocery list, and you show up to a new store or your old store has, you know, been under renovation or something and you're suddenly so confused, that metaphor is when your season of life is suddenly different and you haven't named that change yet. You keep looking for the pancake syrup in the cereal aisle, but the store has moved the syrup to the baking aisle. But you get increasingly frustrated every time you go shopping because what you need isn't where it's always been. That's a very relatable situation. So shopping for your regular stuff in your regular store is similar to the cycles in your routine and your life, the regular things that just keep going. You probably don't love doing it all, but it's easy enough to manage because you know where you're going and you know what needs to be done. Shopping for new things alongside your old things is like adding these new singular tasks to your existing rhythms. And while it's not super hard, it's harder than when you're on autopilot and you're just living in rhythms only. And if you have way more unusual things on your list this time around, you'd better plan some extra time at the metaphorical store because it's going to take you longer just to figure out where everything is. And then shopping for old things in a new place is like being in a new season. You know what you need, but everything feels different. You're disoriented. Somehow this experience, it doesn't make sense anymore, right? Okay. So I really love these three grocery shopping analogies because I think that they can help us name where we are in our own life. Like we've all been grocery shopping. We all know these three feelings. I also love these analogies because they can help you understand the real reason it's hard to get stuff done. Metaphorically, we are rarely shopping for the basics only. Rarely does that happen. Rarely is your to-do list just on repeat, right? Most of the time, we are living in scenario two, where we have our regular rhythms, our regular list, our things that we've got to get done, but we also need to get these three other unusual things done. We don't know really what they are or where they are. You know, metaphorically, our store doesn't even have them and we have to go somewhere else again. You know, I'm just riding the metaphor real hard here. That scenario, it requires more time, more energy and more intention than the first one. And that scenario is where most of us live. However, the problem is this. We live there. We live in scenario two with our basics and our unusual things while expecting the feel and experience of scenario one. We expect life to feel like shopping on autopilot, but the reality is that we almost always have something unusual and singular on our to-do list or more broadly in our lives. If you go into your day on autopilot, expecting that your regular rhythms will carry you all while you have several singular, unusual, out of the ordinary things on your plate, you're going to have a hard time getting those things done. And you're going to have a hard time actually kind of getting anything done. 
Why? Because the things that are out of the ordinary for us, that are a little bit unexpected, that are outside of our regular rhythms and cycles, they feel more difficult to manage. And that singular difficulty makes everything feel more difficult. Basically, when one thing in life feels hard, I think everything in life feels hard, or at least harder. I think that's the human experience, especially if we're not naming that that's what's happening. We have to name where we are and how we're really metaphorically shopping. Don't just assume that everything has to feel like a run to our closest store for the basics. That's not most days. The problem is we often live with one rigid expectation of how our day should be, not offering ourselves any any sort of elasticity to those expectations. And then when a day doesn't happen the way we expect, we think something is wrong, often with us. No, you're not the problem. You just need to name where you are. That's the primary takeaway today. Name where you are. Name how you are metaphorically grocery shopping. And then adjust your expectations. Now let's talk about a couple of particular paths forward to help you feel better in all three of these metaphorical shopping experiences. And I'll give you some specific examples so we can kind of land somewhere. First, let's look at scenario one. All right. Maybe you heard me talk about the basics and you're like, um, Kendra, even that feels stressful. That could be because you do not have a household rhythm that fits what matters to you, that you, you actually don't have rhythms and cycles in your home that work for you. If that's the case, I would encourage you to listen to episode 334, how to create a relaxing home routine. Now, maybe you cannot metaphorically shop for the basics the same way all the time because you can't live in the same cycle all the time because you are a nurse. You are someone with an unusual schedule, right? You don't live the same series of days or weeks. You are beholden to a work schedule that changes a lot. If that's the case, finding that grounding rhythm, that that energy of just going into the store and blindly getting what you need because you know where it is, finding that grounding rhythm is hard and often very disorienting. You are, you are, uh, it's like you're always shopping in the store that's moving stuff around, right? If that's the case for you, naming that helps. Naming that that's where you are. Name your normal, even when your normal is kind of abnormal. I would also offer that decide once is your best friend. That's a lazy genius principle that can help help you set some things on autopilot for those days that are unusual. So for example, if maybe you have three sets of three meals, so nine meals, you know, but they all use, each set uses like the same general ingredients or something, the same kind of prep. And so when you get your work schedule and you have to work nights, you have to work three nights and you have a family, you can grab one of those series of three meals and that's what your family's going to have. Like you've, you've planned some things that go with certain aspects of your life that often feel unplanned. Okay. But really, honestly, just speaking to those people, you have a hard go. Your store is always changing. It's like the stairs in Hogwarts, you know, that's really tough. So don't expect your baseline to be predictable if it's not. If unpredictability is normal for you, name it. Naming it doesn't necessarily fix anything, but I think naming it makes it feel like, uh, makes us feel 
a little more settled on the inside. One final word about scenario one. Let's say you feel good about most of your regular rhythms, about getting your stuff done. But maybe there's one particular rhythm that's always tripping you up, you know? It's kind of like going back to the shopping metaphor. It's like you always forget that the eggs are with the deli meat on one end of the store instead of with the cheese on the other end of the store, you know? Like there could be, and it frustrates you every time that you forget. So there could be one particular cycle or rhythm in your life that you just can't seem to lock in. You just can't seem to remember to get the laundry out of the washing machine. You can't seem to figure out what to do with your mail and with your bills and with all the papers. And they just kind of pile up and pile up and pile up and overwhelm you. And you don't have a rhythm to those to that thing, right? If that's the case, name it. Name that cycle. Name where you're getting tripped up. And then just think about one small thing that you can adjust to make that cycle feel a little easier. No big swings, no changing stores completely because you can't remember where the eggs are, right? Make one small change to help all of your rhythms and cycles feel more more in a flow. Because like I said before, when one thing feels hard, kind of all of it does. So instead of changing everything, name what you are struggling with and make one small change and see if it helps. Okay, now to scenario two. That's where most of us live. That's that's this current season. If you're listening to this episode right around when it releases, you know, the holiday season metaphorically has a lot of new items on our shopping list. You've got to take a lot more time at the store, maybe even go to a couple stores. It's a transition. It's a different energy, right? This is an example that is not grocery shopping related. You're welcome. But I think it could be really helpful. Okay, I usually paint my nails every week or two, often during a therapy appointment or a staff meeting or just randomly on a weeknight. This is easy for me because I love using Olive and June's quick dry uh, nail polish formula. It dries in like literally two or three minutes. It works so great. It's perfect for me. I also keep some Manny tools at my desk in my office, which is also where I do therapy. So I can, I can Manny anytime. Basically painting my nails is not hard to fit into my life. Because it already has a reasonable rhythm. Like, it's easy to get done. It's grocery shopping scenario one. I don't even have to really think about it. However, last weekend, I bit or picked off all my nails. Um, I did this because I drove through the mountains to go on a girl's trip. And y'all might not know this about me, but I'm pretty sure I have vertigo. And driving through mountains or being up high in any way, it, it takes me out of my own body. It's like all I have is my lizard brain. And she is terrified. I had to drive over 100 miles in the actual mountains. I did not expect it to take that long. I even took like, quote unquote, the long way to try to miss some mountains. I I don't think I did. I did not expect to have a panic attack on the road and have to pull over with some hikers that were starting a fire at a trailhead and call Kaz to help me calm down. It was a whole thing. I also did not expect to revert back to my old nervous habit of biting my nails because of that experience. And now all my nails are gone. They are so gone that they are too short to paint. A couple of them are short enough to even hurt. Well, I, I don't I don't love how they look right now, right? And on most days, it wouldn't matter that much. Like, they'll grow back. It's fine. However, I'm going to a wedding this weekend, and I would enjoy having nice-looking nails. Now, my plan for several days now has been to apply some press-on nails. And all will be well, right? I even have the press-on nails. 
but applying press-ons takes a lot longer for me than painting a couple of coats of quick dry. I have very small nail beds. I don't like long nails. So I have to shape and file down every single press-on nail before I apply it. The whole thing, it just takes a while. Now they look great and they stay put forever once they're once they're on, but getting them on, it takes a while. Why am I telling you this? Because I wrote on my to-do list, apply press-ons four days ago, and I still have not done it. I keep rewriting it on my daily list because I still have not done it. Why? It is out of my rhythm. It is something I want to do that I like reasonably know how to do that isn't even that hard to do. But because it's out of my rhythm and takes a little bit more time, it's really tough to actually make happen. And if you have several of those on your list, on your plate, which you probably do, it starts to make everything feel hard. Again, that's why seasons like this one, like the holidays, feel like a lot. There is so much that is out of the ordinary. And trying to find time for those things alongside your regular rhythms is tough. When we're feeling upside down or overwhelmed or too busy or like we can't get everything done, when we keep moving a task from day to day to day to day, our response to that is it's often aimed at ourselves. It's like, we can't get it together. We can't figure this out. You know, what's wrong with me that I can't organize my life in a reasonable way? Why can't I just put on my daggum press-ons? We assume that we're missing something, some hack or system or product that will make it all easier or that we're just not good at life. We're not good at adulting. We should not be trusted with investment accounts and home maintenance, you know. So instead of being honest about where we are and what's really going on, we spend our time searching for a big solution to our problem. But actually, simply naming how common this is, naming that it happens to pretty much all of us, naming what kind of metaphorical grocery shopping experience you're doing, that can be really comforting. You're not an outlier. Fitting everything in is a tough ask for it, everybody. And you're not doing anything wrong. So rather than blame yourself or try to find a big fix, just name where you are. Name where you are. Next, we're going to get into some practical thoughts, like right after this sentence. But really, even if you stop the episode here, I think you'd be better off than you were before. Just name where you are and be kind to yourself there. Okay, let's do some practical thoughts here. Here's the first thing to remember about these singular, out-of-the-ordinary things, okay? They will not just happen. If I don't put on my press-ons, they won't get put on. Like, without my attention, they, they it's not going to happen. Now, cyclical things, these rhythmic things, they often do happen even if you drop the ball or things just sort of keep rolling in general. Like, if you don't make dinner... You and your family will just like forage in the fridge and figure something out. You know, you'll eat cereal. A kid's going to grab a Pop-Tart and be fine. If you need to get dressed and all your pants are dirty because of where you are in the laundry cycle, you'll just put on a pair of dirty pants, you know? Eventually, you're going to run a load of laundry, but you'll get dressed and the laundry will eventually happen. Cyclical things don't tend to sit for very long before the consequences become too dire for you to ignore them, right? But singular things are different. And I think there are four types of singular things 
that make us feel overwhelmed and upside down. So knowing what your singular thing specifically is, I think is going to help you get it done. All right. All right. The first kind of singular out of the ordinary thing that's complicating everything is just a one-off task, right? It's something like making sure your kid's dress shoes fit before the band concert because he hasn't worn those shoes since the last band concert. That's one of mine right now. Now that task, we talk about making things smaller, right? That task can't really be made that smaller, much smaller, right? I mean, it's just a singular task. I need Ben to try on his shoes. If his shoes don't fit, then I have a new task. I have to get Ben new shoes that do fit him. Chances are, That first task of trying on the shoes, it's not going to take long, assuming Ben knows where his shoes are. And this is where I encourage you to actually imagine like the most complicated scenario of your singular one-off task. Ben can't find the shoes, so it takes a while to even try them on. Then the shoes don't fit him and we have to find new shoes. That's kind of the worst case scenario. Go ahead and think through those little pieces a little bit, you know, and recognize how long this small task could actually take, maybe. Just put it in context a little. But usually one-off tasks that don't require a ton of time, you can just put them on your to-do list on the day you need to do them. And even if you have to write them down a few times, you're going to eventually get them done unless they're applying press-ons. And then you actually have to block time off on your calendar to do them literally this evening, which is what I'm going to do. The next type of singular task is a task that's new but will actually become its own cycle. Something like a new medical treatment. Let's say you've been diagnosed with something and you need to take pills at a certain time every day. You have not been doing that before, right? That's not in your rhythm. You don't have a rhythm for that. You have to add something new to what already exists. But you're adding something, this new singular thing, it's going to become repetitive. It's not like checked off and done, Weirdly, though, in our brains, we see that kind of thing as singular. We see it as a single new task to do because it's not rhythmic yet. So for that kind of thing that you're like, oh, no, this is this is new. But it's actually going to be repeated like a lot. Your task is to create reminders, you know, like put an alarm on your phone. You can do what James Clear calls habit stacking, where you Put your pills that you have to take next to your coffee pot because you always drink coffee and you can take your pills at the same time, you know, make sense. So that's the second type of task. It's something that's new, but it's actually going to become a cycle and you have to approach it a little bit differently. The third type of singular thing is a project. A project is something that has an end, you know, taking your pills does not have an end, so it's different. So a project is something that has an end and it's also something that has multiple decisions and actions attached to it, right? Getting holiday gifts is a project. Cleaning out a closet is a project. Applying for grad school is a project. Renovating a room in your house is a project. They all have an end, but they have a lot of parts. Do not, I repeat, do not write down a project on your to-do list as a singular task. It's not. It is made up of many things. Sometimes I will write something like plan the Thanksgiving meal, knowing that that task is really many tasks. It requires more time, right? It requires like 20 intentional minutes to figure out all the actions and decisions I need to make and do. So if you're overwhelmed by something that is out of the ordinary and you can't seem to get it done, it might be a project 
with lots of pieces and you will remain overwhelmed by it as long as you see it as one thing. It's not one thing. It's many things. So make it into its many things and put those things in their place. It's strange, but I think seeing a list of very doable small tasks is less overwhelming than seeing one giant one that has not yet been broken down. I think that's even true for my uh, doing my press-ons because I needed to prep them. I needed to shape the nails. You know, I could have done those things individually instead of one at one time, all at one time. So notice what is a project and break it down. You can't check off, get holiday gifts without checking off a lot of other pieces and parts first, right? So that is the third type of singular thing that's out of the ordinary, that's maybe causing your all of your to-do listing to be a little off. It's a project. So name that it's a project and then treat it like one. And then finally, the fourth type of singular thing actually speaks to that third scenario we were talking about, to shopping at a new store or where everything's been moved around. And that is something circumstantial or seasonal that's kind of out of your control. I used this analogy in the most recent Latest Lazy Letter, and it's the idea of living in the shadow of a mountain. There are some situations in your life, a stalled renovation, which is where I am, waiting to hear about a job offer waiting to hear about a diagnosis, having a kid with a mental health crisis. These are things that you can't do a lot about, but they cast a shadow. You're living in their shadow and that shadow affects the rest of your life. But I think that even naming it is helpful. Seeing your circumstances, not as something to change or manage, but just as a shadow that you're simply living under is weirdly calming and even a little encouraging. It does not change the presence of the mountain or the difficulty of it being there. But if you name that some of your overwhelm or your difficulty to get stuff done is because of the shadow, you might better understand what is in your power to do. So let's recap. Name how your life is like grocery shopping. All right. Which scenario are you in today? Right. Are you just shopping for the basics? Auto on autopilot? Are you in a familiar store, but you got some uh, extra weird things that you don't quite know where they are? Or are you in a brand new store and you're like, what just happened? Why is everything moving? I can't find anything. Okay. Name where you are. Which scenario are you in? And be kind as you name it and compassionate as you move forward in it. Adjust your expectations to match where you are. Don't expect one scenario to look like the other. Right. If you need a refresher on your regular rhythms, listen to episode 334. Otherwise, you can name these four types of singular out-of-the-ordinary tasks that might be causing some discomfort or stress in your schedule, and they're impacting even the rhythmic things. It's that one-off thing that you just have to do. It's maybe a new cycle to add. It's a project or it's a shadow. So naming where you are is wildly helpful, even if you do nothing else after it. Live with the naming, get used to the naming. And I believe that you'll find it easier to get your stuff done. All right, before we go, let's celebrate the lazy genius of the week. This week, it's Jen Banks. Jen shared this really simple tip for Thanksgiving cleanup, something that we might all be experiencing in just a couple days. So Jen wrote, when you set the table for Thanksgiving, if you use name place cards, put a responsibility on the back so each person knows how to help with cleanup. Take out the trash, bring any dishes to the sink, remove the tablecloth, etc. 
boom, built-in help. Also, no one is standing around awkwardly wanting to help, but not knowing how. I think this is such a great idea, Jen. I might steal this for our own meal on Thursday, but regardless of how you might use this tip, I think it's important to remember that cleaning up after any meal, but especially a huge one like Thanksgiving, should be a group effort. Having everyone take part in a way that's kind and thoughtful and not falling on one or two sets of shoulders is just always a lovely approach to the holidays. So thank you for sharing that, Jen, and congratulations on being the Lazy Genius of the Week. All right, y'all, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra, and I'll see you next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.